Well, hey everyone, my name is Steven and I am one of the pastors here at Journey Church. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to this message. We pray that this helps you on your walk with Jesus, but also that it encourages you to get plugged into a local community of believers. Hey, if 2020 taught us anything, it's that being isolated from others is not how God intended us to live. So be sure to use this resource in conjunction with being plugged into your local church. Hey, we hope you enjoy this message from God's Word. Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Stephen, if we haven't met, and I am the worship pastor here at Journey. Uh, but every once in a while, for some reason, Aaron gives me a microphone to talk instead of just sing. So sorry for you, but I'm excited to share with you guys today. Uh, last week, we kicked off a brand new sermon series that we are calling Psalm 23. Pretty original name, right? Yeah, I, I didn't come up with it myself. I, I stole it from a book I've been reading. Um, but I... In this series of messages, there is just so much that we are going to be walking through as we look at Psalm 23, just one verse at a time. Last week, we looked at verse one. Today, we're going to be in verse two. Uh, God willing, you guess it, next week, we're in three. And so there's kind of your syllabus if you want to you know, read ahead and see where we're at uh, in this series. But what we're doing, uh, we are doing this to see what God's promises are here in Psalm 23 and then bury them in our hearts so that we have them at any point in our life so that we can turn and say with confidence that it is well with my soul no matter the situation. It's those even though statements, right? Those even though circumstances, even though the world around me is falling apart or even though the situation I'm in isn't well, I can still say it's well with my soul because of who God is. Not because of my situation, but because of who my shepherd is. And so today, I want to start by reading Psalm 23. And if you were here last week, we did this together. Uh, we're going to do it each week. There's something so powerful about getting to read God's word together and getting it buried in our hearts. And so we'll be reading from the CSB version. So if you're watching online, you can follow along with the screen. Uh, if you're here, you can also follow along with the screen. It's like a giant Bible right on the screen for you there. So if you want to read along uh, with that, you can. So let's kick off this together. Here we go. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Man, every time I get to read that, and as, even as I was preparing for this sermon series, just kind of marinating in this text and seeing the different versions and translations that it's in, it's just so powerful every time. And so to get to read that together, I think, is extremely powerful. Well, last week we kicked off with verse 1 of Psalm 23, which says this, The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. 
And just as a recap, we looked at, we have a shepherd who is eternal, right? That's his name right there, the Lord. It's in all caps. That's the covenant name for God showing his eternal existence. And we also saw that we have a shepherd who cares for us, right? He's so caring that he actually left heaven, put on human flesh, went to a cross and died for our sins by rising again and proving himself to be God, Right? So he cares for us in that aspect. And then we also have a shepherd who provides all of our needs. And last week, I left you with this question, this fill in the blank here. It says, blank is my shepherd. So I don't know if you had time to reflect on that, but who or what is your shepherd? Did you, did you get to reflect on that throughout the week? Did you uh, see maybe who you were looking towards or what you were looking towards for those shepherding qualities? Well, if you didn't get time to do that or, or you didn't get time to reflect, I'd really encourage you to do so because as we continue to unpack Psalm 23, we're going to be seeing what the good shepherd does for his sheep and how he provides for all of their needs or translation, how he provides all of our needs when we follow him as his sheep and he being our shepherd. So this week, we're going to pick off where we left off, right in verse 2, where it says, He lets me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside quiet waters. But before we dig into this, let's pray and just ask God for him to reveal his truth to us today. Would you pray with me? Father, we are grateful that we have this word. Lord, that you gave this, uh, this picture and this scripture to David, either as, as he was a young man or as he was a king. We're, we're not exactly sure when it was written, uh, but Lord, we know how impactful it is to know that you are the shepherd, but you're not just a shepherd, God, that you are our shepherd. You make it personal for us, Lord, and we thank you for that. God, I thank you for this text, and as we walk through it, I pray that you would be glorified, that you would be magnified, and God, that we would uh, want to live according to your word and reflect you to this world that we live in. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are and for everything you've accomplished. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Well, verse 2 and, and really the following verses are just the, David's way of expounding on this very first verse. It would be like somebody comes up to you and says, oh, so the Lord is your shepherd. He provides your needs. Well, well what are your needs? So, hey, I'm glad you asked. Well, here's what he does. He, he lets me lie down in green pastures. And the shepherd of mine, he leads me beside these quiet and these still waters, right? He's providing all of my needs by giving me these things, right? And the needs in this verse are really pointing us to rest. The entire overarching uh, position of verse two here is that it is focused on rest. And so that's why I'm calling today's sermon a little R and R. Right, A little rock and roll. No, I'm just kidding. A little rest and relaxation. A little rest and rejuvenation. Right, The first thing that we see as we look at the overall picture of verse 2 here is that sheep need rest. So if you're taking notes, write this down. Sheep need rest. Right, this, voice, this verse points to the R&R of sheep, or as we see, right, we are the sheep, the Lord is the shepherd. So... It's us, the people, or the, are you ready for this? This is profound. The sheeple. You're welcome. The sheeple. 
Well, remember that God is the shepherd, right? We are his sheep. That's, that's not a flattering picture. Right? Last week, we saw the picture of the sheep with the bucket on his head because he couldn't figure out how to get it off. That, that good. That's what God relates us to. But we're all in this sheep pen together. I'm with you guys. Uh, you're with me, right? We're, we're all just saying ba in this big pen together. So we're going to figure it out and find out what God's promises are here. But the sheep, they trust that the shepherd is going to take them to places where they can lie down and where they can eat and where they can get something to drink. The shepherd is the one who makes this happen. He allows this to happen, right? The sheep didn't do anything. Remember, the sheep are usually too dumb to even lift their heads up to see where they're walking and before they fall off a cliff or something. So it's the good shepherd who lets us lie down in these green pastures. And he does this because he knows that the sheep need it, right? The sheep need rest. Sheep need sleep, so if sheep need rest, and, and we are the sheep, I want to ask you today, how, how are you resting? Are you taking a day off? Are you relaxing? Taking a break? Or are you still filling in that blank with work is my shepherd? Are you still filling in the blank with, you know, house projects are my shepherd? You know, as I was studying for this one, I found out one that I missed last week. How about my phone? is my shepherd, right? There's a lot of times where these phones and these screens are distracting us and we're not getting rest. Like when we're in our phones or we're in social media, we're actually not getting rest. Did you know that they've actually linked depression with binging on screen time? That's wild. Your phones are not letting you rest. So put your phone down. Put down the, the tablet, shut the computers down, turn off Netflix, whatever it is, and get some rest, right? Get outside, enjoy God's creation. Get some rest. Turn off the TV, get a mani-pedi, I don't care, right? Take rest from the daily grind. Put the screen down, be with your family, be with your kids. It's important to do those things, to rest from the daily work and the daily things that keep coming at us, that distract us from time with God. God gives us an amazing picture of this rest, and it's right at the beginning of the Bible, right in Genesis, at the start of everything, right? It says, uh, in the beginning, God creates, and then he goes on to everything that he creates, and he takes six days to start creating this stuff. He, he uh, breathes into existence the, um, the expansion of the universe and solar systems and planets, and, and then we have earth, and he makes water on the earth and above the earth. It's a, it's a crazy thing that he does. It's pretty cool. And then he allows land to come up, and he fills it with animals and vegetation, all sorts of cool stuff. And then he gets to the sixth day and decides to make Adam, who is the first man on earth. And so Adam comes on the scene now, and he's not in the world as a baby or as a toddler. He comes in as a man, right? He's, he's ready to work. He's ready to get busy, I'm sure, start naming these animals, start tending the gardens. He says, okay, God, what are we going to do today? And God says, okay, let's rest. It's the seventh day. It's interesting. Because before Adam learned how to do anything else, he first learned how to rest. That should blow our minds, shouldn't it? But why rest before anything else? Right? Wasn't he ready to go? He was already rested. He's a fresh creation. He's probably feeling good. Well, it actually helps remind us that we are not in control. Right? God is the one in control. If we are working or resting or, or sleeping, whatever, God is still in control. Did you know that statistics show that uh, when we stop working, that the world keeps spinning? 
crazy, right? When we actually take a break, we still have oxygen to breathe. Fascinating. Translation, the world doesn't revolve around Stephen or anybody else, right? It's not all about me. It's not all about you. There's always going to be more things to do. There's always going to be more work to do. There's always going to be deadlines to meet. And I get that. I, you know, I have deadlines weekly to meet. So after today, I'm going to go into Monday getting things ready for the following week. But also, uh, we have Celebrate Recovery on Tuesdays and uh, setting the stage for that and getting the computers ready for that. Then Wednesday, there's youth group most of the time, so getting everything set for that. Then Thursday's right around. That's when we do worship rehearsals. So that's, and I'm not complaining about these. I'm just saying that there's a lot going on. And then guess what? Sunday's coming again, and it continues to come 52 times in a year. Right? I know and I understand what it means to be busy. Or maybe have you ever done this one by chance? When, when people come up to you and they say, hey, how's it going? And your response is, oh, it's been good, man, but just been really busy. Right? How often is that our response? Right? Oh, man, life's good, but I'm busy. Adrian Rogers, he was a pastor. He said it this way, if, if Satan can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Right, bro, I've been, I've been busy lately, but it's been so good. Right? Stop justifying that. I, I have to do this as well. Stop justifying that busy is a good thing. Because I guarantee you that when we get busy, one of the first things to leave our schedules is time in church or time with God. Am I right? Time with church and time again. Nine times out of ten, that's the first thing to go out the window. But you guys want to talk about a hypocrite. Here, here you go. Many of you probably don't know this, but my wife and I, we actually own a digital marketing company, right? We build websites and do videography, photography, graphic design, social media content, you name it. Uh, we have this company, and it is busy. We have some good jobs coming in. We're getting to work with some cool people. We're actually getting to work with some non-believers and then talk to them. Even our business name, it's, it's uh, X35, which comes from Exodus 3535, talking about the graphic designs that happened in the tabernacle when God was blessing them with these skills. And so even in our business name, we've been able to have conversations about God, and that's a good thing. It's a really cool thing. But it's, again, it's also been busy. So if you think I'm preaching at you today, I just, I just think again, it's really God who's been preaching at me as I've been studying his word, and I'm just sharing with you what he's been showing me in this series. But it's not only this physical rest that we need, and I know I've been beating this dead horse about physical rest. It's important, it really is, but we really also need to get this spiritual rest, right? Resting in the Lord, not from the Lord, but in him. Because again, it's the good shepherd who will provide true rest for his sheep. Jesus, being the good shepherd, he put it this way in Matthew eleven twenty eight. easily one of my favorite portions of scripture. It says, come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Now the context here is actually speaking of taking Jesus' teachings instead of the teachings of the Pharisees because they were going to make you work for your salvation and you got to do this certain thing and you can't do this and then, you know, here's, here's God's rules, but here's our rules. We're going to make more. If you follow those, then you'll be good. And Jesus is saying, no, I'm the good shepherd. Follow me. And that's it. You, you remember the story from last week, a little Bobby, he tried memorizing Psalm 23 and he got up there all nervous as could be. He couldn't remember it. So he just says, the Lord is my shepherd, and, and that's all I need to know. And then he ran behind the other kids because he was so freaked out. 
That's kind of what's right here. Jesus is saying, just follow me, the good shepherd, and I will take care of the rest. What he's saying is that you can rest now because he's taking care of the rest. Right? He's taking care of everything. And if you follow your good shepherd, he will provide all that you need. You can rest because it's the good shepherd who takes care of you. You can rest now because it was his sacrifice on that cross that paved a way for you to safely be found in his fold. You guys, we can rest now because on that same cross, he said, it is finished. The work of salvation is finished. The end has been written and the king of kings, the good shepherd, he now calls you his own when you follow him. When you put your trust in Jesus, you are now one of his sheep, and that means that you can rest in him and rest in these promises that he provides. You can say because of that that it is well with my soul no matter the situation. So rest physically, but rest spiritually, and how do we do that? Well, by being in the word, Right? By talking to God in prayer, by talking about God with other people, by being with other believers that really helps recharge us and encourage us. Right? Get away from that daily grind. Even if it's not out of town, but you're, you're staying here, it's a staycation instead of a vacation. Right? But put down the daily grind and spend time with God. Right, this, the stage design behind me, it may just look like a bunch of string to some of you, but there's actually an amazing tie-in that happened with all this. It just kind of fell in the laps of the staff here at Journey. But God gave me this thought to do this Psalm 23 series after I wrapped up my last series. It was called Unqualified, and it was about a year ago. I wasn't sure when I was going to preach on Psalm 23, but I, I knew that that was the next one that was, that was going to happen. And I was excited about it because I love this psalm. Right? But what we see here is this path. It looks like a, a path of righteousness, if you will, or a stream of quiet waters. So that kind of tied in with it. But this was interesting. Men, talking to you now. This weekend is trailhead. Right? This is where we begin the journey to biblical manhood, brotherhood, and fatherhood. Maybe we should have just called it boys in the hood. That would have been all right. What do you think, John? Rename it that? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, rabbit trail. Anyways, but the trailhead, right? The trailhead is where every path starts. Uh, I love going up to Circle Park in the Bighorns. It's one of my favorite places. It's gorgeous views up there. And right when you, you park and then you get out there right at the beginning of the trail, there's a sign on the side. And it says, you know, this is the trailhead. This is where everything begins. And so, men, that's what we're going to be going through this weekend. If you haven't signed up yet, be sure to do it. It's going to be awesome. Ladies. Not this weekend, but next weekend, you're going to have the opportunity to be with other ladies and rejuvenate, right? You're going to come together and remember that it's God who leads you into green pastures. It's the good shepherd that leads you beside quiet and still waters, right? It's God alone who, the next verse will say this, we'll talk about this next week, who restores my soul. And that's what they're going to be looking at at this weekend, I don't want to give it all away, but I know Vanessa's got a lot of good things, and, and all the other gals have great things planned for you ladies, so make sure to get signed up for that. But the, the whole thing is, is we are all on this path. We're all on this journey. Hmm? See what I did there? All on this journey to, to becoming 100% led by our shepherd because it is he who is the only one 
that can bring true rest in our lives. Right? When we are fully dependent upon the shepherd for everything that we need, then we can truly know what it means to rest and to say it is well with my soul, no matter the circumstances or the situations. Jesus provides true rest, and that's what we need to remember. So sheeple need rest, but we also need food and water. Right? Pretty self-explanatory. Sheep need food and water. Well, let's look at verse 2 again. What does it say? It says, he lets me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside quiet waters. So sheep don't only rest in green pastures, but they eat in these green pastures. You know what's more profound to me than anything else is, is these sheep, they get to eat in bed. I don't get to do that. I leave crumbs everywhere. It's probably a good thing I don't eat in bed. I'd leave crumbs everywhere. There'd be ants. But if my bed was made out of food, you know, maybe I had a bed of bacon. I'd say, good morning, Brittany, and kind of reach over and take a bite. That and I would smell great. I would smell like bacon the rest of the day, so it'd be awesome. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I've been reading a book in preparation for this sermon series, and it's called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. And it's by a guy named W. Philip Keller. He, he grew up in East Africa, and his parents were missionaries. And then he ends up moving to Canada to be a shepherd. It's got to be a culture shock, no doubt, with all of that. But he lived out there with the sheep, right, living on the land, and he's reflecting on this psalm as he's living out there and, and actually seeing how this parallels with living with sheep. It was, it's a fascinating book. But he said that there are actually four requirements that have to be made before a sheep will lie down and take a nap or before he will lie down and rest. And the first one was this. We just looked at it. Sheep need full bellies, right, in order to lie down. So if they're hungry, they're not going to lay down. It's the shepherd's job to find the sheep green pastures, not only to rest in, but to eat in. Right? It's the shepherd who provides the food. It's not the sheep. Right? If the sheep were doing it, they'd probably just eat whatever. Right? They'd be eating junk food, brown grass and weeds and uh, McDonald's all the time and probably Little Debbie's like cakes. But green pastures, and the shepherd provides these, these lush, nutritious green pastures for them to eat on, right? They're, they're munching on this healthy salad instead of a Big Mac all the time, right? The shepherd is providing this food, but he's also providing these quiet pools of water to drink from. You know, sheep can't actually, uh, they, a lot of times they won't go to a rushing river because it's making too much noise and it kind of freaks them out. And so what, what I read, and, and this, I think there's a different, few different ways this could go, but the shepherds, right before the rainy season would come, they would build up these dams that when the rainy season would come, it would actually pull up the water so that there would be some quiet pools of water for the sheep to come to. Because there's really not a lot of water or green pastures in the Middle East. If you've seen pictures of it, it's pretty brown and pretty dry out there. So that was one way that I had read that they would uh, pull up these waters for their sheep. And that would, while the water was pulled there, it also caused the grass to start turning green. So there was a picture of both of those. It made sense to me. So I figured that's, that's probably a good route to go. But the shepherd here, he consistently provided food and water for the sheep, right? It's green pastures, it's plural. And it's quiet waters, it's plural. He didn't just provide it once. He provided it multiple times because he loves his sheep and he cares for his sheep. 
Likewise, Jesus, our good shepherd, provides all that we need spiritually. Right? When sheep are lying down in these green pastures, that means that they have had their fill. Right? They are full and their thirst is quenched. And this goes right back to the picture of the good shepherd, Jesus himself, in John 6, 35, where he says, I am the bread of life. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry, and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. Right? We eat and drink to physically satisfy our hunger, but we satisfy spiritual hunger when we are in the right relationship with Jesus Christ, feeding and drinking continually on the word and on the truth of his gospel. Jeremiah 15, 16, put it this way. The prophet wrote, your words were found and I ate them. Your words became a delight to me and the joy of my heart for I bear your name, Lord God of armies. So on the other hand, if we are just consistently eating junk food, Right, consistently eating the things of this world or continually trying to fuel ourselves with Hulu or sports or work or social media likes, whatever it is, that we're never gonna feel satisfied. Jeremiah tells us here that if we feast on the word of God, that we will have delight in our hearts and joy in our hearts. So we need to get some rest, right? Right? We need food and water to do that, but here's what sheep also need. Sheep also need protection. Number three, sheep need protection. So if sheep are hungry, they won't lie down. If sheep are thirsty, they won't lie down. If sheep don't feel safe, they won't rest. Right? They'll stay on guard, they'll stay up all night, and they'll keep watching for wolves or for bears because, honestly, it makes it sound like they don't trust their shepherd. They will stay on alert to make sure that they're not devoured, however... When the shepherd provides a location and they feel safe, they will lie down and actually get some sleep, right? When they trust that the shepherd is doing his job, they will finally chill out and get some rest. We need to remember that our shepherd, right, he, he's the Lord. First off, he's this eternal covenant God, and he does protect his own, right? If, if we are in his fold and we are his sheep, then we are safe, Right? We are under his protection, and the good shepherd will not let anything happen to his sheep. But let's move on with this portion. The verse also says here that he lets me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside quiet waters. The version I grew up with, it says he makes me to lie down in green pastures. Right? He makes me do these things. But it's got to be pretty hard to make a sheep lie down, right? I've, I've never wrestled a sheep not really something I want to try, but man, it's really got to be a tough thing to do. Maybe it's similar to cow tipping. I don't know. You kind of sneak up on him and just push him over and then he goes to sleep. I, I really don't know. I was talking to Pastor Dave last week about this and he said he was around guys who would, uh, they would shear sheep and what they would do is they would actually go behind them and grab, grab kind of the back legs and they'd plop them right down and just make them sit. And so they'd sit there and start shearing these sheep. But do you know why sheep couldn't get up after that? Because they didn't know how. Okay, another intelligence point for sheep. Way to go. I don't know how to stand up. Very cool. But when I started digging into the original text, it sounds like it could go one of two ways. Right? That he makes me lie down or that he actually makes opportunities 
for me to lie down. So all in all, when we read, he, he lets me lie down and, and makes me lie down and he leads me beside these waters. He is showing once again that, hey, I'm providing you the opportunity to do these things. This is what you need. Trust me. I've provided a place for you, right? I've given you food, water, protection from predators so you can lie down and rest. On the other hand, though, I, I think it could go the other way too to where he does make me lie down to rest. Right? I believe he first provides us these opportunities saying, hey, I've told you first in scripture, right? Like take a day off, take a day of rest. That, that should be good enough for us to just trust his word and say, okay, I'm gonna do that. But a lot of times we, we don't. And when I say we, I mean we, right? He's the shepherd, I'm not. I should want to obey that command. If I'm being honest, I think God has let some stuff happen to me and I'm sure to others of us that have kind of made us rest. I was talking with uh, Pastor Aaron about this the other day and uh, just asking what his thoughts were and what he studied. And, and he brought up that picture of Jesus who's carrying the lamb on his shoulders, right? Shepherds would do this. And it's that picture of the lamb being carried on the shoulders. And I, I remember seeing that. He said, well, what was going on is these, these sheep would run and a lot of times those lambs, you know, they kind of got big heads on them. They'd start veering off to one side or the other. And so they'd take the staff and he's kind of playing pinball, putting them back in here. And if they continued not to listen to the direction of the shepherd and continue not to listen to his voice, what he would do is he would go over there and break his leg. And I think it was more of a dislocation, if I'm right, that there's actually a socket in there that they could actually pop that out and the sheep would not be able to walk. And so the shepherd would go over, pick up that lamb, and put him on his shoulders and then sit there and talk to him until he learned to follow the voice and the commands of the shepherd. Interesting. You know, I remember times when I would just go and go and go and then all of a sudden something would happen that would cause me to slow down and take a break. All right, there was one year... Uh, we were throwing the football around for the journey bowl. I don't know if you guys remember that, but we'd go shovel off all the snow on the soccer fields and we'd throw the pigskin around. And uh, I think Andrew was throwing the ball to Mr. Ryan Schrock over here. And I ran in front of him and swatted that thing away and thought I had jammed my finger. So I'm kind of running over to pick up the ball and I bend down and this finger is actually facing this direction. Yeah, it was not fun. <laughs> Nope, did not do it. It snapped. And Ryan actually had to put it back for me, uh, not once, but twice. <laughs> it was yucky. Yeah, that's the clinical term is yucky. So just so you know. But I had to take time off and rest because of that incident. However, if it wasn't for that rest, I would have never met Dave Green, who was playing guitar up here today. Because he ended up filling in saying, Dave, I broke my finger. I can't play. And he said, hey, I can play. And he's been playing ever since. It's, it's a cool way to see how God provides for those things. There were times when I was um, early ministry, actually. I was working full-time jobs, and I was playing in bands around town. And then uh, we'd wake up super early and go set up all the chairs at the fire training center at, I don't know, 5 a.m., something like that. It was crazy. And uh, it just got so tiring. And then I remember uh, one night at a gig that we were playing, I had to set up the next morning. And it's not a cool story, so I'm going to stop it right there. But I end up tearing my meniscus. And I was in this big old leg cast from here down for quite a while. That made me rest. You know, there's a lot of things I think that God uses situations in our lives to cause us to get some rest, right? He does know the best for his sheep. And if we're being pushed too much, he will make us lie down. 
But I believe first he wants us to just obey him. Say, look, I told you to take a day off. Why don't you do it? It's good for you. So sheep need full bellies. That's what we've seen, right? They need rest. They need food and water, these full bellies. Sheep need to feel safe. They can't feel frightened. But, but there are two others that we haven't talked about yet that the book had brought up when I was reading that. And the final two actually made my jaw drop when I heard about these. And number three, sheep can't be, whoops, sheep can't be covered in bugs, right? They can't have flies or parasites on them. They, they just, they get all itchy, right? So they can't be bugged in order to rest. But the final one, check this out. Sheep cannot have friction or tension with other sheep in the fold, right? They can't have fights happening within the flock if they're going to rest. Man, how much more are sheep just like people? As much as I don't want to admit it, God picked the right animal for humans, dumb sheep, right? When we have conflicts and issues, rivalry, the sheep would also have this, this thing they call posturing, right? They would try to show dominance to these other sheep, if that was going on, then the sheep wouldn't sleep. I thought, man, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Because how many times, church, will we lose sleep or will we toss and turn in the night because of friction and tension that we are having with other people? How many times have I stayed awake at night losing rest and losing sleep because we're constantly running people through our minds, uh, maybe people that we're mad at? Right, people who have told lies about us, the people that we feel guilty around because we've wronged them and failed them in some way because, yeah, we're humans, that stuff's gonna happen. Right, people that we're insecure or anxious around, people who have thrown shame on us, people that we're jealous of, people who we feel threatened by. No, don't tell me that there haven't been times in your life where this list has not caused you to get some rest. Right, We get so sick to our stomachs because we get bugged constantly by the things that are going on and by the frictions and the tensions with others that we won't lie down or we can't lie down and rest because it makes us sick to our core. Now, I could have really just quoted the end of Philip Keller in his book, A Shepherd Writes Psalm 23 for this last part, but I, I summed it up for you so we could actually you know, move on. But he said that when tensions were high, and frictions were rubbing like sandpaper, that whenever he, the shepherd, came into view and his presence attracted the sheep's attention, the sheep quickly forgot about their foolish rivalries and stopped their fighting. It was the shepherd's presence that made all the difference in their behavior. Instead of trying to get ahead and trying to get this self-recognition or this high status, a lot of these older sheep, they wanted to be the top sheep. Right, the ones who were seen as dominant. But as soon as they heard the good shepherd's voice and remembered his voice, they remembered that he said, it's the last who will be first and the first who will be last. Right? It wasn't the top sheep, the one who was bullying all the younger sheep who was gonna be first. You know, Keller even said that when he saw this happening, he would quickly go over to the stubborn sheep and he kind of you know, put them in place, <laughs> give them a little tap. And they would learn their place. They would learn that, hey, it's really the shepherd who's on top. It's really all of you are my sheep. That was the picture of the good shepherd. And then lastly, he said that he had a soft spot for those sheep 
who were getting bullied and who were getting pushed around. He didn't have a soft spot for those who were rearing their heads. He said you would kind of see them. They're sitting there getting their stance on and they kind of tilt their head and their eyes would almost dilate and then they'd just boom, they'd go. They would start hitting the older sheep or the younger sheep. They'd even butt lambs that were not their own, just trying to show dominance. But he had a soft spot for the weaker ones and for the least of these. He also noticed that it was the less aggressive sheep who were, get this, far more content, far more restful, and far more quiet. That's what he said. So there were definite advantages to being the bottom sheep, but more importantly, again, it was the shepherd's presence that put an end to all of the rivalry. And he goes on to write this. And in our human relationships, when we become profoundly aware that we are in the presence of the good shepherd, Jesus Christ himself, that our foolish, selfish rivalries will end. Because it is the humble heart walking quietly and contently in close companionship with Christ, the good shepherd, that we can actually find true rest in the green pastures and rest beside the quiet waters. Because that rest, which is found in Christ alone, allows us to turn and say, you know what? Again, even though all of this is happening in the world, it is still well with my soul because my shepherd, the Lord of all, goes before me. And so today, church, drink of that living water that Christ says that he provides, right? And feast on his word, that bread of life. Feast on the Bible. Keep your eyes on the shepherd and remember that he fights for you and that the battles actually belong to him, not us. There are so many times that we read in scripture about these battles going on. And one of the important ones that, that I need to remember is that the battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, authorities, and cosmic powers of darkness, the evil and the spiritual forces. So the best thing that we can do is keep our eyes on Jesus and let the rest of the stuff go, the stuff that's bugging you, right? The stuff causing friction, the stuff that's keeping you awake at night and causing your stomach to turn. Right? Go and reconcile with those people that you got beef with so that you can find rest. Find some R&R, some rest and rejuvenation in his presence, in peace with other sheep, because great things happen when it is well with our souls because of who the good shepherd is and not because of who we are. Let's pray. Father, today we are thankful for this, uh, just this timely word. There can be so many divisions that happen in, in our lives and, and in different circumstances, Lord, and, and we don't want that to happen, especially in the fold. Because, Lord, we know that you are the good shepherd and that you provide all that we need. God, today I pray that, um, that your word here, that, that you revealed to me, even in the, the hypocrisy of my own life, of, of uh, not resting and uh, being busy, Lord, I pray that even though I, I fall short on these things, that you would use my inabilities and my weaknesses, just like you did with David's, to, to show some goodness and show some truth and, and to show the way that it actually should be. And God, I pray that this would um, cause me and cause all of us to want to walk in your ways and to want to walk in repentance, that we would want to rest in you. And God, that we would want to follow the good shepherd all the days of our lives. God, thank you for who you are. 
Thank you for this time together, this place to meet, to worship you through songs, through hymns, and through spiritual songs. And God, I pray today that you would help us to walk by faith and not by sight in the Lord who is my shepherd. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. It's in your name we pray and ask these things. And all God's people said, amen. Thanks for listening to that message. We hope that it inspired you to trust the Lord, to treasure people, and to transform our world with the saving gospel message of Jesus Christ. If God is leading you to give to Journey, head to our website, journeychurchgillette.com, and hit the give icon in the bottom right-hand corner. Your gift helps us to continue providing resources like this every single week. Also, be sure to follow us on social media and check out our website for updates and additional information. Hey, God bless you guys and have a great day.